Welcome to Hold Up, the podcast where we watch our favorite rom-coms and decide whether they hold up. I'm Carrie Gilbert. I'm Allison Gilbert. And this is our mini-sode about Evie Drake Starts Over, and we are discussing the third piece, Spring. Spring. A season we desperately wish it was. I saw snow today and started crying. My seasonal affective disorder is going great. I don't even have seasonal affective disorder, but if the snow doesn't melt in a week, I am going to burn things to the ground. I can't. Just like you being like, I don't even have it. Like, fuck off then. You're fine. I'm just kidding. I know it's hard for everyone for different reasons, but no, I had to buy an alarm just... clock with a with a light attached to it so that I wouldn't cry all day. <laughs> it's fine. It's... I, like, first of all, two things are happening. First, I... This is my first winter back in Chicago, and same. And you lived in Cincinnati, and I lived in Los Angeles. I miss yeah. Los Angeles. But, and Cincinnati is like not that different, but it's just different enough. Like it's just like a little more temperate, and like the light, like like the light lasts a little bit longer. It's just a little bit better. But the other thing is like we're not fucking doing anything. And I can't, like, I can't push a stroller in the goddamn fucking snow. No, I tried the other day because I was, I, I just, like, needed to get out of the house. And they needed to get out of the house. So I, tried, I was like, we're doing it. And then I just walked around the park. Because <laughs> I didn't want to go that far. <laughs> anyway. I will say, I'm not since I'm not going anywhere, it's nice to not dig my car out. Yeah. Uh, I don't have that You don't luxury. have, you come here, so you don't have that problem. <sighs> um, anyway. All right. So Spring. God willing. Maybe if we talk about it, it'll come. Evie's getting some spring. Uh, yeah. Sex. Hey! Yeah, so this is, um, we finally get a Dean and Evie kiss. We finally get some Dean and Evie sex. She doesn't give him the go sign. She doesn't give him the go sign. They stop kissing and she says, I'm sorry, I forgot to give you the go sign. And that was confusing. And he was like, that was not confusing. And it's a good scene. Yeah, there's lots of good scenes. I, um... I I finished this book <laughs> like weeks ago because once you get to spring, it is just I mean, it is truly a snowball effect to the end because you're like, I just I got to go. I got to know. I got to know. And it's it's just so good. It's so good. It's so good. It's so so they I, I assume if you're listening to this, you've either read it or are reading it with us because I don't just oh, feels oh. different than a movie. That book is take more time consuming than a movie, but they kiss. He pitches a he teaches her to bat or to pitch in a really sexy scene. At one point, she's like, "This is not how you teach teenagers to pitch," and he's like, "Leave me alone. This is my method." And I was like, "I want a man to teach me how to pitch a baseball." (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's the winter of COVID. (laughs) Truly, spring is coming. Oh, I saw somebody Um, tweet the other day like somebody had posted a GIF. And somebody, uh, I don't even remember who it was of. And somebody was like, this gif is so benign. And yet the things it's doing to me are proving to me that we need out of this fucking quarantine. (sighs) I mean, some people are living as if there is no quarantine. We are not. Everyone in our family is high risk and we have babies. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Mom, side note, digression. Mom today was like, are you okay going to Carrie and Jeff's for the Super Bowl? And I was like, why would I not? Like, where else would we go? And she was like, I don't know. Maybe you have plans with your friends. And I was like, I haven't had plans with my friends in a year. 
Right. Certainly not to be inside watching a Super Bowl party. Like. Right. Dr. Fauci told us we're not allowed to do that. We're not. We're good. Which is why I'm glad we have a five-person bubble that yeah spans two homes. Anyway, uh, and then they decide to go on a little date out of town. And spoiler alert, they do it. Yeah. And here is something. I'm going to dive right into what I loved about this sex scene, if I can find the line. So often, when people have talked about how books and movies need to model, it is responsible rom-com and uh, romance novel writing to model affirmative consent, the argument has been that it's hard to write that in a sexy way. Often when we see affirmative consent in movies, it's done in the like new girl prom episode way where awkwardly people are like, do I have your permission to do this? Do I? And that's scene is played as a joke. And I actually think it's a very funny scene. So I'm not insulting new girl. But the whole scene of being like, do I have your permission to do this? Do I have your permission to do this? And that is our what we think about when we think about affirmative consent. This book does affirmative consent in a very, very sexy way. So like I said, she didn't give the go sign when they kissed. She just like kissed him. And then when they're like in bed in this hotel, which also, P.S., cutest thing ever, he got them two rooms in the hotel to make sure she was comfortable. I love it. It's great. He's not a real person. Anyway, she goes over. He's like, there is an open invitation. Come over whenever you want. She's like, yeah, I'll be there in five minutes. Whatever. Get out of here. They start fooling around and he stops and looks at her and she says, oh, yeah, go, 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 go. And it's so good. A, because it feels real. It feels like a genuine way affirmative consent happens. And because it's done in like a sexy, fun way and not in a like, may I enter you now awkward way that I think we so (laughs) often think and talk about affirmative consent. And so like for anyone who thinks like it ruins the moment. No, buddy, it is the moment. Well, but also, like, there's something, this sex scene was so great because there's something, like, kind of awkward about it, but sweet, but also really sexy. Like, it just felt really real. Like, it. I think a lot of times in romance novels we get sort of this, like, and in rom-coms and in movies we get this, like, impossibly, like, effortless, sexy sex and that is just not how things play out in the real world. And this felt so much more natural and so much more organic. And and that and that piece was part of it. That sort of like checking in with your partner and making sure everyone's on the same page. Like I it was really refreshing and really fun to read. And that's why I then stayed up for another hour to just finish <laughs> the book. Yeah, I'm gonna finish it. I just wanna like I just I've also like I feel like I got an Oh, just that I've gotten into, like, a very sort of, like, not academic, but, like, essays and, like, I've been reading a lot of books about, like, fat shaming and body issues, which are all very good and important, but, like, I forgot how much I just love a novel. I love a story. Yeah. I'm going to finish it tonight, probably. Yeah. Um, But we digress. Spring. He teaches her to bat. He throws a good game. This chunk is very Dean and Abby centric we don't there are not a lot of other characters in here we get some but like as they sort of orbit around the the Dean and Abby story this is very much focused on like the beginning of their romantic relationship 
Yeah, you don't see, you see like Andy and who's her best friend and his new girlfriend Monica a little bit, but not that's sort of it. Yeah, um, which is uh, nice. Oh, she has like a, a, she has a conversation with her dad in this chunk. Yeah, was that this chunk? She's talking. She like brings her dad chowder, and they talk about why her mom left, and and it's sort of a good. I really like her relationship with her dad, and sort of like he was the parent that stayed, but he's also like a dad, and sort of the like. Not the most emotionally available, but all, but also, like, he was the parent that stayed. Yeah. And so there's a sweet scene of her being, like, of her just, like, trying to suss that out. It's her coming to terms with, like, she's a fixer because her mom left and she had to, you know, take care of her dad. But also, like, they took care of each other. And it's a good, like... I think this book has a thing of, like, Evie fixing Dean and what it actually is and what we'll find out when... I reread and you talk about the last chunk is that like it's a story about Evie healing herself and realizing that like you can't fix other people. We yeah. are all our own responsibility. And her relationship with her dad really mirrors that in a lovely way. Yeah. Um, yes, I think that's all true. I also the other thing that I really like about this book, and I've talked about this previously, but in the Dean and Evie relationship, there's not a lot of like hidden drama or hidden baggage i think Mm-mm, we get there up front that we get some of that like the sort of like repressed feelings and things left unsaid in the evie and andy relationship which is really kind of interesting that we're doing it there as opposed to in the primary romantic relationship because in the evie and dean relationship she doesn't hi- they don't hide anything from each other really mm-hmm. i mean we like a little bit later on we there's some miscommunication, but there's never one of them like actively hiding something. So like prior to their sexcation, she <laughs> Googles his previous girlfriends because it's just like because he's so something you would do. Well, also because he's fucking famous. And so you can. And because he's well, and all famous, his ex-girlfriends are famous. So they're like beautiful and intimidating as fuck. Like, yes, I would if I were Evie, I would, I'd be like this. It's like, she's like trying to figure out if she should put on a tube of mascara that's two years old. And he, he's dated like a surfer and a singer and a fucking like actress. I'd be like, I'll just kill myself. You date those girls. Like, <laughs> well, but then brought she, up my own insecurities. But like almost immediately she tells him, which I love because I feel like traditionally or like in a, in a less interesting book, like this would be a thing she hid and then it would become a thing that she got in her head about. And then he'd have to like suss this out from her. But instead she just up like tells him up front and then he's very honest about his relationships with these women. And he's like, yeah, they're great women. It didn't work out. Yeah. He's so honest about his relationships with them in that, in the same way we last week, or if we're going to ruin the mystery of this uh, podcast four minutes ago, talked about definitely maybe there's no sort of like, he's there's no sort of like those women suck. Those like, He's just like, yeah, no, we broke up and it was fine. Like a really sort of lovely, respectful man. Stan a man respectful about his ex-girlfriends. But also, like, she says to him, like, I'm not a surfer or an actress. My belly is softer. My bot, like, my bot, like, I'm not like that. And he says, Evie, I know exactly who you are. And I'm like, oh, it's so sexy and not real. Or I just have insecurity. (laughs) But her insecurity is so relatable. Yeah. And so sweet and like his response to it is so relatable and so sweet yeah that it's net like 
you just like want these people to be happy. Yeah. But, you know, we still have another chunk of this book left, so I don't think it's just going to be smooth sailing from here on out. No. No, it's not. But (laughs) Carrie's like, I finished the book. Are we talking about it all? No. I think because the other thing that, like, is very much not resolved in this piece that we're sort of dragging out is the Evie Andy stuff. And we have lots. We have things to resolve there, which is a bummer. I really... I really want it. I really wanted it to sort of get wrapped up. I think, again, I think it, it makes for a more interesting story that we're not like the stuff that needs to be resolved is not in the primary romantic relationship. It's in this friendship relationship. Um, There's stuff in the romantic relationship, too. I mean, she is focusing yes. on Dean in order to not focus on herself. And we're hearing more about like what I think we now fully can call an emotionally abusive relationship because she's being, but you're right. It's because she's being honest with Dean about like, here's all the terrible shit my husband said to me. She has this, there's this lovely sequence where she's deciding where she's explaining how she decided to leave. And it's like one night where he said he was going to bring home pizza and then didn't. And she was just like, Hey, where's the pizza? And he completely gaslights her and is like, I didn't say that. And also you sit around all day. I'm a doctor. You get the pizza. And she's like, look, I could have gotten the pizza, but you said you were bringing it home. Like, right. And then like, what a weird thing to like lie about and like gaslight about. Right. Like what an absolutely insane thing that I would lie about. And then her that night just being like, what if I drove away and never come back? And then that snowballs into like, what would I do? And her plan sort of gradually developing before ultimately deciding to leave him. And it's just, I've never been married. I've never, therefore, I've never left a husband. But I think when you decide to end a relationship in books and movies, it's so often portrayed as like someone does one thing and then you're like, this isn't right. And what it actually is, is like a series of things where you're like, what if I wasn't with this person anymore? What would I do? And you gradually decide to leave them. And that's written. And and the way she explains it to Dean is really honest. But you get this idea that like there's, there's, things left that Evie has to work through before right. bef- because she was emotionally abused for however long. Right. And basically told she wasn't good enough. So of course she's going to look at actresses on the internet and be like, why are you dating me when you could be dating them? Yes. But also you could be the most confident woman in the world. And if you suddenly started dating a famous baseball player, you would 100% be intimidated by the hot actress he used to date. Yes. I'm intimidated by the uh, like imagining that's happened to me like I, I, i'll just die just go down <laughs> oh there's this great where she's like getting ready to i just underlined this line because i thought i just think it's such good writing she's getting ready um to like go on this sexcation with him and you see like she's asked andy's new girlfriend sworn her to secrecy and asked her wishing can buy like cute underwear which like we all when we know you're gonna have sex you plan your underwear and then when you've when you get into situations where you didn't know you were going to have sex and you couldn't plan your underwear, you're immediately self-conscious about it. Is that just me? Okay. No, it's not. It's everyone. <laughs> like, oh, these are not my cutest underwear. Right. <laughs> didn't know this was happening. Um, but she, you see her, like, shaving and, like, putting on old makeup. And there's this line where she's talking about her moisturizer. She's talking about, like, her skincare routine. She said, revitalizing was for over 30 and under 40. Anti-aging was for over 40 and under 70. And then when you were 70, you just told everyone to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a really good line. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to be 70. I have been using anti-aging since I was 20. 
kissing Dean was a lot like talking to him. It was easy. I like that part of the line because it's exactly what a relationship should be. Talking and kissing should be easy. And if it's not, that's not who you should be with. Well, it was easy and it made her want to rip his clothes off. So still similar. (laughs) This book is just written the way people think. Like it's written. We get a lot of Evie's like inner monologue. Yeah. Obviously, because it's a book. And so like her thoughts are really funny and it. The way when and we talk about movies, we talk about like dialogue feeling natural. Her thought process feels natural a lot of the time. Yes, yes. In that she's not being like, I'm broken from my horrible marriage. I need to fix that. Like we get all of that subtextually, but she's not like sitting out there saying it because right. that's not how people think about their own damage. Right. It's a fun. I mean, this is, I feel like, and it, this. <laughs> It's kind of not fair because I've read ahead, so, like, I know what's coming. But I feel like this is very much sort of, like, the calm before the storm. Like, we're going to get a lot of, like, conflict and upheaval in the sort of climax of – I mean, it's a book. In the climax of the book, we're going to get some climax. Yeah, this is the fun and games. This is the part where, like, oh, their flirting is now leading to, like, kissing and sex. And it's all – it's the beginning part of a relationship where it's all good before you start actually unpacking your shit. Right, right. Which makes it fun and also like, fuck, soon they're going to actually start unpacking their shit. Yep. Yeah. And it's very, very well written and sweet. And they're going to start unpacking their shit and they're going to also have to like deal with the fact that they don't actually live in the same place. But like, just move to Maine. Who wouldn't, like at this point I'm again in a basement when it gets dark at 5 p.m. in a city where there's two feet of snow on the ground. But I'm like, just move to the seaside town in Maine. Why would anyone want this? Honestly. (laughs) But I also understand that that's coming from a personal place I'm at right now. Is there anything you're disliking about this book? I mean, the fact that I finished it. I'm probably going to reread the last piece before we talk about it because, A, it's been a minute. But also, the last quarter of the book was probably my favorite which we'll talk about more when we get there but um i'm just a no like i there's not much i don't like about this book it's really um i suggested this so i could reread it and when i reread it i reread the last chunk and then went back to the beginning yeah it's just it's a beautifully written (laughs) book it's doing a lot of things i really like in a book um I, you know, I think I said when we first started talking about this book that it's it's just easy and joyful, and that's not to say that it's without depth, but... Yeah, I was going to say, it's easy without feeling like, I hate this term, I don't like the term chiclet, because I think it is often used to cheapen good writing by saying that it's for women, but there is... There are layers and nuance and depth to this book that I think a lot of times in sort of like rom the same way we talk about like great, well-nuanced movies and cheap and like not cheap and and rom-coms we don't love as much. That same is true in uh, romantic literature. And this has this sort of like nuance and complexity all while still being something you love to read and and no is not going to end in like a murder suicide. <laughs> like it's right. it's light and and fun will still like making you think about things which is a hard balance to strike and i know it's gonna have a happy ending like i just you know it's not like we're not gonna get have some sort of like gone girl ending here where like no one's happy you know like there's gonna be a good ending and i appreciate that that's what we're working toward right um we love a happy ending 
Yeah, particularly since I watched Promising Young Woman two weeks ago and I have not been able to stop thinking about it. So this lets me read something and feel good about the ending rather than simultaneously good and terrible. Everyone, please go see Promising Young Woman, but you will feel both good and terrible. So yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I'm looking forward to discussing the the climax and conclusion. I'm genuinely sad. Like I'm gen- I will genuinely be sad to stop reading it. Yeah, I was. I was when I was I was like I can't stop reading, but I also wish I could because I want to prolong it. Yeah. But I didn't. If I this ever gets made into a movie and Linda Holmes needs someone to help write the screenplay, I do have ideas. And I am a WGA union writer. It's fine. Join us next week for As Good As It Gets. Join us the week after that for the finale of Evie Drake Starts Over. Come find us on social media and tell us what kind of bonus content mini so you want next. We are on Instagram at hold underscore up underscore pod and on Twitter at hold underscore up underscore podcast. That'll also be in the show notes. I'm saying that so that I remind myself to put it in the show notes because I forget a lot of the time. Thank you so much. We Bye. love you. Please let the snow be melted by the time this episode comes out. Bye.